Hey, podcast listeners. Thanks for joining us for the All Saints Lutheran Sermon Series of Podcasts. We're so delighted that you've landed on this page, and we ask that you contextualize yourself by reading the descriptor. Enjoy, and let us know what you think. Repent, John says, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Saints and siblings in Christ, good morning. I love John's words for us today. It's taken me a while to get there, but I I like them more and more every day. Did you know, some of you know this because I've said it many times this week, but did you know that out of the four Gospels, only two of them contain the story of Jesus' birth? And yet, each and every one of them, all four of them, contain the story of John the Baptist. His words of preparation, his words of warning and of hope pepper the language of each of our Gospels. His life and witness and ministry permeate the stories of our faith, certainly of this season. His words are important, the kind of words that we should sit up and pay attention to. Now today we meet John in a very special place, in the wilderness, and that's important. Because throughout the scriptures, the wilderness is always an incredibly special, sacred place. The wilderness is where Adam and Eve were cast when God sent them from the Garden of Eden. It is where the Israelites walked for 40 years in their search for the promised land. The wilderness is where Jacob wrestled with an angel and where Jesus was tempted by Satan. The wilderness is where God's people, where we meet God. It is where we learn who God is and therefore learn who we are as well. The wilderness is where we become our very best, but it is where we go when we are at our very worst. And so on this second Sunday in Advent, it is in the wilderness that we hear the far-off voice proclaiming, prepare the way of the Lord, repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Now, let's break that down just a little bit. Because a big part of John's message to us today is about this idea of repentance, which is sort of an odd word for us to focus on in this otherwise rather joyous time of year. In fact, so I'm in a tech study every week with some colleagues in the area, and one of, one of my colleagues, she mentioned how weird the texts always are in Advent. Like, they're always really weird. The vicar knows. She, she's nodding here. Like, they're, they're weird, right? We go about filled with joy and excitement and anticipation in our day-to-day lives, and then we show up at church, and there's, there's trees, and there's lights, and there's stars and candles, and it smells like cookies, and it's so exciting and wonderful. And then John the Baptist yells at us. It's kind of a bummer, really. When we think about repentance, we are much more likely to think about the season of Lent and our preparation for Jesus' death. Not this celebratory season of expectant watching and waiting and excitement leading on to Christmas. And yet here we are filled with joyful expectation and confronted once again by John's command to repent. 
And it's a big word, too. A big, important word. It's one of those words that if you go to God's school, they're going to teach it to you in as many languages as they possibly can. All right? It just is. The word repent comes from the Greek word metanoia, which literally means to change your entire self. So, you know, not like a real big ask or anything. No big deal. (laughs) Just just change everything about who you are and you're, you're good to go. John the Baptist stands on the shore of the Jordan preaching to us this morning, and he is telling his listeners that an incredibly major overhaul of who they are, who we are, is very much in order. And his ire, we read, comes to bear very specifically on a group of Sadducees and Pharisees who come down to the Jordan for baptism. You brood of vipers, John yells at this approaching group of unsuspecting folk. Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now, what we have here is a reminder that at this point in time, and what we have to remember here, John has gotten to become very, very popular. Very, very popular. Like people are coming from the city, out of the city, all the way out into the wilderness to see this guy. And not only that, But in order to sort of piggyback on his popularity, these folks, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, have decided to get baptized as well. And so John decides to use them as an example for the crowds gathered that day. Do not presume to say, John says, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Now, that might be a super weird-sounding phrase and not make a whole heck of a lot of sense, but it's a really, really big deal because being descendants of Abraham was important. More than that, it was a vital piece of this people's identity. If you're a child of Abraham, you are one of the in-kin. No questions asked. You're one of the cool kids, the hip crew, and you're part of the promises of God Automatically, a child of the covenant, covenant. But John needs them, needs us to hear that this is about so much more. And so he, he takes this time with all these people gathered and he looks around at the Pharisees and the Sadducees who have come to gawk and to listen and to get baptized, not necessarily because they believe in his message of the coming Messiah, the fulfillment of prophecy, but because they figure, eh, I mean, it can't hurt. Let's jump on the bandwagon. For them, John's baptism is fire insurance. It's a just-in-case on their parts. So you have to imagine this. And the text is beautifully detailed, which I love. A soaking wet, dirty, bearded, wide-eyed dude standing waist-deep in a river telling the movers and the shakers, the rich and the powerful, that they are the ones that need to get it together to bear fruit worthy of repentance. He reminds them that this life of faith is about so much more than just claiming to be a child of Abraham. Who cares, he says, God can raise up new children of Abraham from a bunch of rocks on the ground. It's about more than just attending worship or knowing the rules and how to do this, that, and the other thing. It's about more than getting baptized, just in case. John's message and his warning is to prepare. It's about changing our hearts and minds, and yes, 
even our whole selves, because God is up to something new. Now, people of God, this is not just a, a trap of the ancient world. This is a trap that we fall into all the time as well, which is just one of the reasons that John's words should still resonate so well today. We know what it is to get complacent in our lives of faith. At least I do. I know what that means. Instead of Abraham as our ancestor, we, ra- we loudly proclaim that we have Jesus as our Savior, and we do, and that's true, and it's wonderful. But as with those being baptized by John, our claim has to be about more than just words. Our baptisms here at this font are more than just fire insurance. Our Bible studies and our worship services are more than just feel-good meetups to meet social obligations. Our lives of faith, our assertion that Jesus Christ is our Savior and Lord means something. It has to mean something. Repent, John says, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. Not will come near, not is going to come near, but has come near now. The kingdom of heaven is now, it's here today. Which means that repentance that John is talking about, that changing, is now too. And let's be clear. That repentance is not about guilt or shame or sin. It's not about fault or blame or humiliation. It's about a new way of being, an invitation to change our whole selves by seeking after God, anticipating something new, and aligning our whole being with Jesus Christ. Now, some of you know what I'm going to say next, so say it with me. My talk talks and my walk talks, but my walk talks louder than my talk talks. That's what this is about. That's John's message. In this season of Advent anticipation, we hear the voices of God's prophets from throughout the ages. We gather and we hear their words again and again and again, and we experience anew the promises and their prophecies. And then we, we join a long, long line of God's witnesses, stretching back to John the Baptist and Isaiah and beyond and bearing witness to the most precious of all things, the hopes and the dreams of God for all of us. John's words for us today are not a message of guilt or condemnation. They are not a word of anger from God. They are not a cause for fear. They are a call to something new. Change your heart's and your lives, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, because you're going to want to be a part of what God is up to. Sit in this holy anticipation and proclaim the good news in word and in witness, in your talk and in your walk. Advent is about preparing for this kingdom of God and recognizing that it's already here. So, John says, seize the opportunity to be changed. Your whole self, all that you are, by the good news of Jesus Christ. And prepare 
for that to make all the difference in the world. And so for that opportunity, we can all say, thanks.